everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Andy Garcia. Once again, checking in from Auckland, New Zealand, uh, where I'm out here on my little farm, uh, hanging out with the animals. You know, we're doing our thing. Uh, I have a special guest on today, as we do on this podcast. It's a bit of an interview podcast because I want to know as much about people as possible, especially those that are involved within animal well-being, animal health care, just doing a lot of positive and good things for animals. And of course, our animals give that right back and can do very positive things for us. So I'm here today with Mani Jahan Guri, and she's checking in from the UK. And Mani has basically created, uh, she's a leading founder and author of a system called DOGA which is basically yoga for you and your dog. So I'm very interested to find out, you know, how this all works and how this comes together. So Mani, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. Uh, hello, Andy. I'm so impressed that you got my name right. <laughs> well done. <laughs> just Hi, barely, Andy. you know, just barely. It's, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. It's harder than yoga to spell my name. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So tell me about, you know, please describe what, what exactly DOGA is, just because I know that's a fresh, fresh question for, every, for the audience at the moment. Yeah, DOGA is yoga for you and your dog. Uh, it's a, a human yoga practice that allows dogs to be involved. It's, it's, cool. it's, not, it's not what people keep saying or the press and journalists love to say, dog yoga though it gets the punchers in it gets you know it gets the client in dog yoga right it 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 is totally incorrect because there's no such thing as dog yoga there's only yoga for humans in that sense so doga is an invitation for dogs to be invited into our human yoga practice very cool. And how do they respond? Usually respond to this invitation. Oh. Well, you can imagine. You, you, you know, you've worked with dogs. You know, dogs. My God. I mean, first of all, my classes. Well, before the pandemic, they were all indoors, uh, off leash, off lead. In England, we say off lead, off leash. Um, and dogs were allowed to roam around freely uh, for the duration of our human yoga class. Now you can imagine what that looks like. I, it's mad. It's chaotic. It's, um, you know, dogs are allowed to be on our level or let's say we are on their level because we're coming back to earth because our practice is on the floor on our yoga mat. Well, dogs are on all fours. So we kind of come on all fours and we lower our eye levels and everything. And um, dogs really get excited first and foremost. They get most excited when they see people on their level. It's, it's like a toddler, you know, like, wow, yeah. you're coming. I'm like, you know, I don't have to look up. And then it's kind of it start the chaos starts because the games and the fun and games start for the dogs because they just start jumping and running around. And all the bad behavior, as we have in the UK, the bad behavior, like, uh, sorry to say, but humping, grinding, whatever they do, uh, fucking <laughs> yeah. legs, all that takes place in the first 20 minutes. I call it sniff and greet. Oh, yeah. So it's it, it can be, you know, you know what? It can be really messy. I, I'm not going to lie about it. It, there, it, it looks as mo- m- the whole scene looks so unyogic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so unyogic. Um, 
people are trying to settle and they're like, oh, they're trying to lie down while a dog whip it jumps over their head and this and that. So the whole thing doesn't, at the beginning, just looks like madness, madness and chaos. But, but, there's always a but, there's magic. There's magic at halfway through. That's when the magic, about 60 minutes into the class, the, ma- the magic begins. Right, right. I mean, I, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, this scene, you know, because from all my experience with yoga and attending classes, it's a very peaceful and serene and focused, you know, uh, space. And <laughs> I could just imagine all these little dogs running around and greeting each other and figuring and things it, it, out. And... Exactly. It's not just the little dogs. I invite rescue dogs. So I sometimes I, I would have in my class like 25 people and 25 dogs, you know, and, and some of them were actually from a rescue shelter like um what were they um uh you know uh gosh it, it's gone now what one of the large sized dogs you know that were caged for, for months in a cage waiting for an owner and suddenly they're released into this yoga class and it's just chaos because i really believe every dog is allowed to come to yoga because it's not our class it's their class right it's their yoga in a way even though it's not dog yoga it's for them as right. much it is, as it is for us. Exactly. It's, it's a shared I, experience. Yeah. And I just, those four rescue dogs, they were uh, Alsatians, just to let you know. Okay. Yeah. 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 I guess I, I said little dogs, but I mean, little, big, you know, any dog really that, you know, wants to participate, I, I'm sure would be welcome. So tell me a bit about yourself and your background. I mean, how did this all come to be? I don't, you know, I've got this wow story. Um, I literally, I was in, um, in 2009, I visited Los Angeles and um, I don't, I'm not from LA. I'm not, I'm from Switzerland, but I love LA. I, I love it. I was there and I came out of the yoga studio. I never had a dog. I never owned a dog, but I came out of this yoga studio in Brentwood uh, out of the yoga classes. It was like 7 a.m. in the morning and I was jet lagged. So that's why I attended this, <laughs> the six o'clock a.m. class. Right. And I, I walked out and I saw these uh, beautiful humans uh, americans uh, working out on a, on a lawn doing their workout around their dog and because i had just come out of a yoga class i sort of connected the dots and i thought well, wouldn't it be great if the dogs could be part of our yoga so it yeah. was like a eureka moment it was why hasn't this been done before like hello you know and it's like wow i'm supposed to do this for the rest of my life it was a very strong calling it felt like a higher thing a higher being or whatever god or you know said you got to do this you're going to do this and you're going to do this in the united states of america this is your business it was mad and at that time i didn't have a dog i was still a yoga teacher working with children uh working with adults i i i didn't know that that was gonna happen and manifest in 2012. right it just oh there it was presented to mm. you and you know yeah. here were these people working out with their dogs you said this is you know i've got to do this with within yoga that's that's incredible so were you you were you said you were practicing or you were teaching yoga beforehand or yeah um, how did you become a yoga instructor 
I became a yoga instructor in 1998, I think. Before that, I was a dancer and I saw someone do yoga in a studio. It was all Ashtanga yoga. And I, I thought this was the most graceful thing I've ever seen in my life. It was, I was mesmerized because the breath is what made me intrigued that this uh, person was stretching but breathing at the same time. It had something very Martha Graham-like about it, very contemporary dance in its quality. And I thought this is, this is the nearest thing to to creative dance so I, I want to teach this I want to do this for the rest of my life and there's the spiritual aspect which I always was seeking in me I never knew I was so such a spiritual seeker <laughs> till I started yoga I was I really felt connected to this movement breath um, activity right that leads to meditation but I just wanted to say you know actually yoga started when I was teaching children so the idea popped to my head, not just the, the moment in 2009, but around 2012 when I was working with kids on street level uh, who were emotionally traumatized and abused and all terrible things that happened to them. I was working with them, trying to teach them yoga. And these kids are, they're like, sorry to say, dogs. They, they were fighting for survival. They were, they, they really had that mentality like, you know, this is yeah. my hood. Right. This is my hood. You don't come into my hood. This is my place. I don't trust you. Yeah. Nope. And with an animal, you can't fake it. Well, with children, especially with abuse, they, you can't fake it. You can't fake anything. So uh, I learned that if I try too hard to create a yoga class, it will backfire. If I try to do something, what I need to be is I need to be authentic in myself and calm and still and centered before I can even teach them yoga. Mm. So this was the, the baseline, the baseline, the coloring, the print, the blueprint to start yoga. Right. To understand you cannot force an animal to do anything. You cannot force a child to do anything. You can't force it. It has to manifest. Right. And it has to manifest within you first. Very true. You know, that's, uh, you know, not just, you know, just to relate to that, not necessarily within you know, yoga, but just as a comparison, you, you, my kids attend Montessori um, as a, a style of schooling. And, you know, that's a big philosophy within Montessori. You cannot force the kids to do, let's say, maths or reading or spelling this just has to come within them and they have to in a way own it you know and want to take that initiative and step forward so you know it's very true with you know with with dogs as well you know you can't force it it just it, it creates tension and and um you know resistance in a way absolutely whatever you want the dog will go against you the same thing with a two-year-old if you say come and say you know they're gonna they're gonna act out they're going to play up they're going to test you to the limit but if you put your attention somewhere else or to yourself they're going to go oh 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 why why are you not looking at me why are you not looking at me you know why are you not uh, it's so interesting where you put your attention is where the child or the animal will focus to that is the law of nature this is the law it right. is because they're innocent they have no ego they don't understand the eye so they're always outwards think, outwards uh, sensing, you know, their senses are outwards where in yoga, we learn to withdraw the senses inwards. We have the same senses, but we learn to, as a human, as an adult, to withdraw the senses into meditation. They can't do that. So we need to do it for them. We yeah. need to do the meditation for them. They will then calm down when you start going calmer, your heartbeat 
drops your pulse regulates your breathing is even you stay uh not force relaxed the mm -hmm. dog's breath even relaxes their pulse relaxes their heartbeat not stops but relaxes i, yeah. I wish we could monitor this i still need to find a university that wants to monitor a doga class yeah for research that would be cool definitely yeah so Tell me about your dogs, you know, your dog. I know that let's, let's talk about, I know I just met Robbie. So do you have any more besides Robbie or, or is Robbie the, the, uh, the one and only? Uh, <laughs> I ha he's looking at me now, so I have to lie. Yes, <laughs> uh, he is the, the only one. <laughs> yeah. He looked up as you were asking the question. Robbie is um, obviously number one. He's, uh, I, I did look after dogs um, before um, as a volunteer, but Robbie became mine uh, out of nowhere. He, he's a rescue and he came into my life and my life changed. I always get a bit tearful when I say that because he has changed my life. You know, he, he is <laughs> so special. He's nine years old and we have been for so much. I'm sure every owner says that, <laughs> but we really have a, a story to tell with Doga and all our uh, performances and our travels with Doga, launching Doga together. And then also obviously the pandemic as well, to have him by my side. He is number one. Um, so I'm going to whisper now because I don't want him to hear, but I am thinking about a second dog. <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking about a second dog. Uh, yeah. I would like to, I'd like to have a sister or brother for Robbie yeah. eventually because he is nine years old. Yeah. And I think it would give him a, a little bit of a life, you know, oomph in his life if he had to stress out about another dog. <laughs> yeah. So something to to play with and to to be territorial about but i think it would give him an extra sort of <gasps> wow you know there's more yeah you know i don't know it, well don't it, know. from my perspective it what it would do is it would raise his energy level right because just as we talked about or as you stated so beautifully about us humans and, and the dog kind of relates you know as we calm down the dog calms down and whatnot but when you bring a little pup into the mix or a young animal now their vibration can be just naturally higher right so then naturally it picks up robbie's vibration right so then now he's buzzing in his later years and so i think that's a great idea you know but i'm not too sure robbie would be too keen in the beginning but you know i'm sure it'll be a good time i think I don't believe that dogs have the same kind of emotions as we have. Um, I love Mark. Uh, what is it? The, the Emotional Lives of Animals. Have you read that book? No. Uh, Mark Be Beckhoff, uh, The Emotional Lives of Animals. They do have a range of emotions that we don't have. We think they have. They do have emotions. They do feel pain. They do feel grief and sorrow and all of that. But there's also some emotions that they don't have that are, are human emotions about this jealousy and all. You know, they don't. They do, but they, they kind of accept. I, I don't know. They have just different types of emotions as well. I think uh, we should be careful not to humanize our dog too much. Yeah. Because I think, you know what I mean? Though they oh, yeah. are important to us, we have to understand they do deal with um, uh, separation and they do deal with uh, having a new sibling or a baby in the family or a new relationship, you know, much faster than a human. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they are extremely emotional. And yeah, that's interesting, though. I'm, I I haven't really thought about that in depth. If, if it's different emotions, obviously, we put names to ours you know and, and be, are able to describe our emotions as human beings 
but um, is is there different emotions that that dogs deal with? Is yeah, that's, that's a very interesting uh, conversation for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about you know yoga has has this kind of um, this this look and feel to it. Um, of you just you just watch somebody doing yoga and you're like man that that looks very beneficial so let's talk about let's get to the core of of the benefits of yoga if you can just describe and explain really you know what are the benefits of yoga gosh uh, how long do we have i mean benefits <laughs> of yoga are endless endless benefits endless health first of all endless health benefits and it doesn't mean that you have to do a difficult flexible bikram yoga class it can be a three four postures that you can work with it really your yoga practice is yours and unique um each yoga should entail uh benefits that help uh the central nervous system the which is obviously based on the flight and fight system parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system it regulates the central nervous system that is the key and then obviously through lengthening the breath through certain techniques it um oh god it cleanses the blood it mm. replenishes the adrenal glands it, it it makes your hair grow faster no i'm joking uh, <laughs> it replenishes the adrenal glands oh yes heart palpitations heart it's a de-stressor because it regulates it gives you enough oxygen the whole exchange between o2 and co2 it all is replenished again you even if you do headstands you create a new drop of blood every 32 days it is phenomenal mm. in health benefits but i'm not saying crazy style yoga where you hurt yourself it should be the yoga that is suitable to you mm, right and then the mental aspect of course what happens then from that is is that you have well you feel slightly less edgy or slightly less depressed or anxious um just a slightly hopefully more content um and then of course there's the ethical the eight virtues of yoga which is are very very powerful things and we always forget them the eight uh, virtues the eight petals of yoga but it's also based like buddhism it's very powerful stuff and strong etiquette in there so you can then Take that into your daily life as well to to view your actions uh, in daily life what you do on the mat is what you take into daily life so it's also observing the mind it's it's many things god i could go on forever but uh, it isn't the stretchy sweaty bendy stuff that's nice that's for lululemon for an advertising <laughs> sorry Lu sorry lululemon <laughs> but you know what i mean the stretchy bendy yoga guru that's gonna last in your 20s and then you come into your 40s and you have problems like me neck impingement no it's not gonna last forever you're not gonna stay bendy and stretchy or maybe you never stretch and bendy and it doesn't matter it right. doesn't matter it's what you gain out of the poses it's and the breathing yeah, it is definitely yeah. what you gain. I mean, because for me, I I can't, I I'm not very flexible. So the stretchy bendy stuff doesn't work for me one bit. But whatever I can do, I always come out of a session feeling really good and refreshed. Um, you know, just refocused and and and, and everything else that you explained, you know, and it's just yeah. it's just tremendous. And and for me, it's it's almost like this 
this moving form of meditation in a way, you know, where like you're, you're so locked in, but then you're also just, you know, your body's in flow and uh, which is, which is kind of nice because I can get a bit restless trying to do meditation. Uh, and that's just me being the hardest, <laughs> the hardest meditation. I still cannot sit down for 10 minutes and meditate. And I've been teaching 25 years. That's how hard yoga is because the goal of yoga is meditation to do nothing. Right. <laughs> so all that flexi bendy stuff was all to do to come and sit cross leg in a comfortable position to meditate. That is really the goal of yoga's meditation. Oh, okay. So that <laughs> no was, one told you that. Yeah. That's the core. Yeah. So you move and flow. And so you can finally get to a state because you're right at the very end. Then you can really drop in. And, um, you know, the, the, that final pose, like I never, I can never remember the term of it, you know, where you just kind of lay there. Vasana. Yes. yes that's Shavasana. The one. And, you know, and then finally you just, I'm able to lay there in stillness and just be, you know, and it took all that movement, I guess, to kind of work things. I never thought about it that way, but that makes perfect sense now. And Andy, just imagine now you said the word flow being in the flow. Imagine, I mean, you're a dog lover. Imagine you're in that flow and suddenly you, you, you know, your dog's done whatever he's doing and suddenly he comes to sit with you on the mat and then I suggest extra poses you can do with him. Imagine having your dog near you in that moment where you are calm and relaxed and then combining the two, the love that you have for your dog and him or her receiving it and honoring it by you giving massage or bending forward. There's a couple of poses where you can bend over a large dog. You can stretch out or maybe the dog wants to stretch his paws. So you go with that. But it cannot this is the thing. It cannot be forced. It cannot ever be forced. And that's why yoga is so hard. It's such a challenge, but it is so, how can I say? It's the icing on the cake of yoga. <laughs> there you go. Cake. You get me, right? And yes. little dogs you can sort of start lifting maybe onto your hips. If they're under eight kilos, if they're happy to sit with you on your ribs in trikonasana, triangle pose, you know, and, and if they're happy to hang in there, great. But it doesn't have to be forced. Again, it comes from your yoga. It comes from what you have created. And if the dog is there, wonderful, wonderful. I think the, the dog just naturally wants to be there. It would seem like after some time after the animal settled in, um, you know, you, you would see them gravitating towards you because now you're going to this very peaceful space, you know, and, and that that's comfortable for them. So I would imagine that they would be attracted to um, the practice in general. So let's talk about the benefits, you know, like, obviously, we talked about the benefits of yoga for us as human beings. Now for when we're talking about doga, what are the benefits for the for the dog in general? It sounds crazy, but it's exactly the same benefits. Yeah. I cannot, I, I believe it's exactly the same, but it's, I just want to say that because scientifically we have not yet done enough studies to, to prove it. We have scientific evidence that yoga helps to reduce heart rate, heart disease and uh, all sorts of things. So in humans, we know, but I believe what I saw in the last eight years, when, a, when an owner comes regularly with their dog to doga and really lets go, their dog and their relationship deepens. It, it sounds crazy because you already have a deep relationship with your dog. But to be in the present moment with your dog, not watching television and being in the present moment with your dog or being on the phone in the present moment with your dog. No, in yoga, in present moment. It deepens something. And there is a trust 
uh, that you build that is almost like um, starts working on a um, um, more of a telepathic communication, I would say. You mm. would you get to really resonate and see what is yours and what is your dog's. What is your emotion? What is your dog's emotion? So let's say this is very deep stuff, but let's say you suffer from anxiety disorder. You have fear of letting go. You have an attachment issue. Usually you'll see the dog lingering around that person's mat, dominating that person who has the attachment issue. If that person starts realizing that actually it's their emotions that are coming up during the class that are quite, you know, I find it really hard to let go of my, you know, and they realize and they start resonating that it's their entity that's creating and the dog is another entity. Then that can help in the outside world with uh, walking them on a leash, you know, being less anxious. The dog will be less protective over you, might mm. be a lot more relaxed with you because you're different with them. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. There's a vibration that you're creating between each other through Doga. You right. build a natural trust. Not a, sorry, I'm, I'm going to be really hard, but the clicker training trust or a, 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 a treat, a treat like, good, you know, like sugar trust. Yeah, here's yeah. The trick. Well done. Sit down. I don't believe in this. It's great training. You need it. I understand that for certain situations, but there's a much deeper communication with your dog. A much deeper way you don't need anything. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. And I think Doga can just enhance that nervous anxiety, that stress, especially with those lockdown doggy puppies and lockdown humans. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, there's so much. Oh, my God. It's just a pandemic in itself, isn't it, Andy? I mean, how many lockdown puppies do we have? You know, going, oh, I, I don't know what to do with myself. You know? Yeah. But um, I really think this is number one anxiety attachment both human and dog right most importantly sorry i go on but it really i need to write another book but the second one i believe is um as you reduce stress as an owner the dog reduces stress meaning eczema anything stress related any diseases that are stress related say your dog has a bad belly he always has diaries nervous he doesn't well he doesn't sleep well he's anxious that kind of, you know, eczema strain over licking the paws and, you know, Robbie licks his paws when he gets nervous. All that can reduce slowly, even inflammation in the body, I would say, in a dog. Mm-hmm. I really believe that with uh, all that work, you know, slowly, slowly as the human reduces uh, their stress level. Uh, the other thing that I also believe is, is uh, you, you give the dog time out. And this is crazy, but I also believe that you might lengthen their lifespan because you're lengthening yours. That's for sure. Right. Through yoga, because you're lengthening the breath. So you're kind of helping your dog to slow down their heartbeat, heart rate and pulse. And don't forget, dogs don't live that long because their breath is quite short. So that's why (laughs) they don't. So you might even give them a little bit of a respite, a longer exhale. That could have a huge effect on the dog's uh, uh, lifespan. I mean, this is really far-fetched, but I, I believe those three things. I really do. I mean, I mean, yeah, but for me as a holistic health practitioner, I, I'm right up your alley. I definitely understand where you're coming from. I mean, anytime you are, you know, reducing, you know, toxins and stress levels and that anxiety aspect and, and being more balanced emotionally, you know, supporting your central nervous system, you are going to be overall 
healthier as a human being, both, you know, mentally and physically, which in turn is just naturally going to give your life, your, your cell life, a longer, uh, you know, longevity, should I say? So your cell life, you know, gains longevity, um, and therefore, so does your lifespan. You know, so it's just it it all it all makes perfect sense to me. And um, you know, just just I'm trying to envision. So does the dog actually, you know, go into poses with you, or is the dog just around you, kind of, um, you know, bonding with you while you go through your your um yeah. your stretches and and absolutely every 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 moment matters every moment counts if your dog pulls away and he's sitting in a corner see that's what owners don't understand they they tell me oh my god i did a i did an online class with you and all my kid all my dog did was sit sit on the couch and watch me do yoga i said that's brilliant that's you just achieved everything your dog was watching you do yoga observing your calm do you think that's not going to be beneficial oh but i thought he has to interact. no he doesn't have to interact however if your dog is curious to your breath and he wants to play and he wants to roll under and he wants to hug you and he wants to jump you or hump you that's happened before you know especially <laughs> warrior two they grab your leg let them let them let be interacted let them be part of this 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 change in energy and of course yes the perfect scenario is when your dog lies flat on the mat or becomes your yoga bolster like a large dog can be like a large bolster a yoga ball so you can fold over them kindly of course not squashing them and most importantly giving them uh, essential massage which is i always say ear massage neck massage paw massage sometimes the legs a bit careful with too much just basic massage because i'm not a massage therapist so i would not tell people to push into anything when we don't know their dog if the dog is suffering from tendonitis or something like that so it's basic massage techniques for dogs that shouldn't harm and that's where you connect so rubbing the belly if he wants to you know turn around robbie likes to lie on his back so when I go into forward bend, I just place him on my legs and I bend forward and he just lies there like a pancake and he doesn't yeah. move. It's amazing. <laughs> but again, again, it doesn't mean that your dog is not a doggy because he didn't do that. If he wants to be in a corner, exactly. And watch, especially rescue dogs, they're like, I got to check the scene first, you know, they're yeah. like right at the door going, okay, I'm not, I'm not trusting this thing. Uh, usually rescue dogs, they always fall asleep at the end of the corridor. <laughs> they kind of pull away and they're sitting there at the door going, I want to get out, I want to get out. And then they go, oh, <laughs> they just collapse. Yeah. They totally they, take it in. They, so it do seems you understand like, what I'm talking about? It's not, there's no rules. Yeah. There's no. absolutely no rules in this. Absolutely. There's no perfect yogi dogi position. Right. They have they have the option to participate or just be in that space and, and just soak up as much as they, they possibly can. And I can I can really relate too with the with the rescued animals. Just, you know, they've been through typically they've been through a lot. I mean, even the fact that they have to spend a few nights locked in, you know, somewhat of a cell, you know, to just be in a space where um, you know, the energy and and um you know, vibration is starting to flow and bring balance that is very beneficial for them just in general, you know, regardless if they're, you know, within the, 
yoga circle or not, you know, just for them to be in that space is, is very healthy for them. And that's probably why they finally relax and are able to kind of take a little rest in, in what normally would be, you know, um, a stressful space, you know, so now it's like, okay, now I can just check out and, and relax a bit because that's the environment that they're in now. And also it's the best way to socialize a dog is doga. Socialization. Doga is the most neutral ground to socialize because no one's interfering. The dogs figure it out for themselves. And people said, oh, but don't you have dog bites and dog fights? Of course there's growling. Of course there's a, you know, at the beginning, but right. that subsides. Like I've had only one incident, one incident, and it was with a senior dog and a puppy, a large puppy. He was too playful. And it was a dark space. The dog was blind and mm. he didn't feel secure at all in a dark space. He did not like to socialize. He was senior. He didn't like it. And, uh, and one of them, I think he nipped the puppy or the puppy nipped him. We couldn't see because it, it was too dark. The space was too dark. And that was the only incident I had in eight years. And even then they sorted it out, the, the, the owners between each other. There was no, oh, I'm going to sue you and all this. But, you know, it was touchy. It was a touchy subject because mm -hmm. we're very precious about our dogs, uh, like children. But do you know what? I never had an, a, a terrible incident, not once. And it could be when you look, look at it, it's like, whoa, this risk assessment, Jesus Christ, you know, you can't put everybody in there. Yes, you can. You can. It's called yeah. yoga. Yeah, yeah, I can hear him now. You can't put everybody in there and do yoga at the same time. Who's watching the dogs? The, who's watching the dogs? And then this is, yeah, yeah. And you can hear insurance companies go, we'll never subscribe. You know, well, I've been waiting to uh, start my first dog insurance, um, you know, as a teacher's training. I think that's the next question anyway. But there's a lot of things about insurance companies and, you know, how do you become a certified doga teacher and all this? It is really hard. It's really tough it's 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 not an easy job yeah it's yeah not. well i can imagine i mean because mm. you know dogs in general especially with that you know when they get into a new space there can be a bit of chaos in the beginning and um yeah so and, 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 and andy i just sorry i just very quickly but in america they have doga they have doga way before i'm so late in doga actually started in 2001 in in the u.s i didn't know that you know I had my epiphany, but I didn't know about Doga, that it existed, that name existed, you know, and was created in Miami. Okay. But when I check all the Doga classes in the U.S., they're still outdoors on a leash. It's totally the opposite of what I do is indoor off leash, because I think it's because they're so worried about suing, uh, you yeah. know, uh, insurance purposes. It's such a hindrance. Honestly, I tell you, you cannot do yoga with a leash. You cannot. This is not yoga. Yeah. Uh, in my in my view, it's 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 fifty percent of yoga. It's right. it's, it's it defeats the purpose. That's part of it, right? Is to allow mm, that freedom. Exactly of interaction exactly. and just to, you know, yeah. be involved as they choose. So I want to, I want to dive in and talk a little bit more about stress, um, just in general, you know, what that does to the body. And, you know, we dove in a bit about Doga and how that can, you know, alleviate the stress, but let's, let's just talk about the, 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 the aspect of stressed animals in general or stressed dogs and, and what that causes and creates within their own being. Yeah, I, I like I said, I'm I'm not a behaviorist. I can only talk from my um, 
the, the way I perceive, you know, as a Doga teacher from my experience as a Doga teacher, you know, mm-hmm. but I have, um, yeah, I've seen many, many situations that are very painful to watch, you know, very painful situations where, for example, you know, people are keeping their dog off lead. They're pulling the dog at the neck with their leads and the dog is barking and pulling even harder and stop barking. And, uh, I've, I've, you know, and they're so stressed out. And this poor little creatures, they all they want to do is socialize. And there's a lot of misunderstanding. People are not educated. They don't understand dogs. They get a dog and they don't understand the dog. That's um, that's what I see. Like, they don't respect the dog. Mm. <laughs> Want to own a dog, but you don't own a dog. It should never, and a dog shouldn't own you either. You know, right? It's it really isn't. We should, yeah. It's I understand. Yeah, there's the Rottweiler and all this stuff, and the, here in England we have Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Oh, they're so dangerous. You know, they can you know attack your little dog with a bite. But it's wrong. This is so prejudiced. This is so wrong. You know, you always hear these horror stories. And I say, who caused that bite? Was it really, was it, you know, was it the owner being too scared of that dog coming towards their dog? So they pulled the dog away. The little dog starts yapping. The other one gets nervous. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm freestyling here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, you know, get your point there. And, and, a lot of times it's the owner being in a you know somewhat stressed space that creates more anxiety with the animals and which obviously can lead to a bit of reaction right and sometimes there's some breeds that just react differently than others but there's all there's all it always comes back to this core aspect of of what's occurring and and i think that's where doga um, and just yoga in general, you know, can really help these owners be more balanced for their animals. Because the more balanced that the owner is, the, the more balanced the dogs tend to be. You know, every now and then you'll get, you know, a circumstance that might not work perfectly that way. Um, but in general, the more balanced human beings are, yeah. people are with their, then, then their, their animals tend to be the same way. You know, and I think you kind of touched on that earlier. Um, when you talked about when, you know, when the human is stressed then the, the dog tends to be, you know, stressed as well. So I can really see this practice, you know, helping so many different dog owners, especially if you're dealing with animals that are anxious. Um, and even for yourself, if you're, if you're an anxious being or, or you're working through some, you know, emotional, um, emotional challenges yourself, you know, this would be just a great way to, for one, you know, start to bring balance back to your life. And then two, create that bond with your dog. um, So you two can, you know, be, be, you know, back in harmony as well. Absolutely. And there's one crucial point. People don't like it. Nobody likes it on this planet. It's a work called patience, Ah, patience. There's no magic wand. I, you know, I worked with mothers and children for years. I've worked with parents and children. I've taught yoga for 25 years. I have experienced how parents are, <laughs> they're bringing that child to my class and they're like, fix him, please. You know, he's so nervous at school, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
you know, my Scottish, he says, he can't, he can't achieve this mass, he's too nervous, he's all over the place, he has ADHD, can you just take, they literally chuck their child in my yoga class. And I did the same thing in that class. I let them run around like crazy. I just let them run around. If they wanted to run around, they allowed them until we settled. And once we settled, we started with songs and, you know, it got crazier and it built up a memento in the end. They were completely excited to be in relaxation, but you can't tell a child to be still. So what I'm saying is, again, you know, patience. These parents thought someone else will solve the problem for them, for their child. No, but they never looked at themselves. I don't understand why people don't look at themselves first. It's so simple. And that is the hard work. That's mm -hmm. where you require patience because it's a two-way system. It's a two-way system. It, you cannot fix your dog. You cannot change your dog's behavior until you start looking within yourself first. Yeah. And, and that's not a criticism. It's, it's just, it goes deeper, doesn't it? It requires a bit of discipline and patience, which is yoga, by the way. Discipline and patience. Yeah, discipline. Yeah. Uh, to look inwards, to, to, to explore, to, um, how can I say, maybe you find flaws in yourself. Maybe you find something that you didn't even know existed. Maybe it's a past trauma that you're holding. So that's why you're holding it with your dog. Uh, there's so much stuff comes up. You know, in my doga classes at the end, I just wanted to say everybody's on the floor asleep. At the end of my <laughs> session, no one can get off the floor. Everybody would, wants to just lie there. And when they get up, a lot of people start opening up to me and they tell me things that it's interesting like this is crazy but uh, some some women might come up to me and said oh you know I've just lost a child I've just uh, had miscarriage you know and we're going through grief in the family or my husband wants a divorce there's a lot of women in my class by the way um not so many men uh, and stuff comes up for them and I wonder whether the, the animal even opens that emotion to to reveal it and and to tell me that and to share it and they kind of realize oh shit I've been holding you know excuse me uh I've been holding this and maybe I held that for my dog or, you know, on the lead, you know, that control aspect, you know, and it all comes up at yes. the end. It's fascinating. So, yes, it requires to, to look a little deeper in you what's going on. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to say, as I was very, uh, the last three months, I've been, I have had severe pain, nerve pain. I have an impingement in my neck. It is so painful. And Robbie got really sick. In the mm. last few he's been to the vet so many times. He had a kennel cough. Then he started licking his paw like crazy, his bum. I mean, he's been on steroids all the while I've been in pain. Mm. Explain that to me. Yeah. It's crazy. That's, that's very interesting. And that was, you know, I think what that's what we're discussing here is that when the human, you know, the owner kind of brings, um, let me rephrase that. So when, when the owner you know, is in this kind of state of, you know, dealing with whatever with life in general, you know, sometimes that can just feed off into the dog and start to create, you know, a in maybe physical or behavioral challenge for the animal, you know, and, and we see that quite often, like, you know, a great example, and I, I probably told this story, you know, to my audience a couple of times now, but I'll just talk to you, Monty. Uh, we had a puppy, my wife and I, when we were, you know, just newly engaged and started dating and, and we had this puppy and our relationship was a little bit rough in the beginning. We couldn't ever figure out why this puppy had so much anxiety and oh. 
it was it, it was it was challenging you know it was it was like trying to figure out what's going on here we're doing all the things we're going to the you know um behavioralists and and taking all these strategies on and going to all these different types of trainings but what we didn't realize until years later that it was the chaos between us that was just creating this animal to be so anxious in life in general you know because he was just absorbing <laughs> yes. all that yeah so basically a behaviorist should really just say why don't you go to couples meetings first? <laughs> yeah. go to couples that then uh, will, will be sorted that would be the way forward the next time you know you're like, oh why is my dog stressed so have you been to counseling no okay go to counseling first then see me later yeah, yeah. no but how interesting this is fascinating this yeah. is fascinating i know and it's sometimes you know when i'm taking on a you know holistic health consultation and and I tell my clients before we start, I said, I'm going to ask anything and everything. I need to know as much as possible about this dog's life. And that might mean, you know, so, you know, about your life as well, you know, because all these little aspects, you know, I might be able to pick up on something that, oh, maybe he's dealing with digestive issues because he's dealing with stress because there's two siblings that, which I've seen this too, you know, two siblings constantly bickering and arguing all the time, which is, was causing uh, health issues with the animal, you know, but it, 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 we had to go full circle to be able to really deep dive and figure out, oh, this could be the cause of what's going on over here, you know, trying to fit all the puzzle pieces together. Absolutely. And the great thing is about a, an animal is, is that they don't have that trauma. They might hold the trauma, but they don't hold it like humans. So you can solve the issue quicker than with humans. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Other people are in, you know, years in Freudian analysis and, and the dog really needs us to sort it out and, and he gets on with it. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, they actually heal quite fast right. and, and they get over it. You know, I was saying uh, I'm very interested in dogs from the dog meat trade that have been, you know, um, enclosed, um, like, you know, dogs from the Chinese dog meat festival, Yulin. I've, I've, I've traveled the world to visit these dogs that are from the dog meat trade. And um, uh, this always gets me, but um, I meet them in, in, in kind of rescue shelters and they are so stressed out. I mean, I've never seen anything, you know, the, the stress in these little creatures you know they they were beaten to death almost and nearly died and everything you can't walk them on a lead you can't they play dead they're so scared to go out they but then this owner comes along and they adopt them and rehome them and even in about three months this dog is just walking on a lead going you know what i mean that's yeah. just crazy the before and after the healing yep. that they do within themselves how quickly it's doesn't it just get you it's, it's phenomenal oh, it's, it's incredible it is incredible you know to see that transformation occur um and almost instantly you know they have this this ability and it's, it's most i think it's just animal the animal kingdom in general somehow humans i think kind of lost that, that way to kind of let things go you know that yeah. um you know that it goes back to the um you know that flight or flight response it's like oh you yeah know, just shake it off real quick and then you know typically move on and you'll see this even with little scuffles at the park right like you know dog yes. park or you know they have a little yes. scuffle they'll shake it off and then you know carry on <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 absolutely i mean do you can i ask you something do you ever think yeah. a dog intentionally is out there to bite another dog no does a dog yeah so is there a vicious dog that 
intentionally is out there to bite other dogs. <laughs> no, there's just, there's yeah. so much more to it, you know, and just in, yeah. in within their own society as well, of you know, of, of hierarchy and, you know, and, you know, who's, who's the leader of the pack and, and everything else. And of course they're, you know, they've, they're territorial beings. So there's a bit of that aspect to them. You know, there's a lot more that goes on, you know, there's, and, you know, sometimes things escalate. Sometimes they figure things out, you know, it's just, you know, the, that's how the dog community works in general, you know, but um, no, I don't, I don't think there's a dog like looking to go out and bite everybody um, at any, you know, way, shape or form. I don't think they have that type of um, emotion. That's a good way to explain it, you know, or, you know, of, of anger in that so, sort of way, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm I'm going out there to beat the shit out of every yeah everyone. Yeah, yeah exactly. no, they don't no, yeah. they don't intentionally go out to bite. That's yeah. what I wanted to ask because you can hear that from owners all the time. Oh, we met a dog and that dog wanted to bite him. How do you know he wanted to bite him? Oh yeah, okay, your dog was shaken and grabbed by the neck, but was he out there to intentionally grab your dog? And then they're so traumatized that they don't take the dog off the lead anymore. This yeah. poor little thing is on the lead for the rest of their lives because they are traumatized because the human is traumatized, not the dog. The mm. human is traumatized that it may happen again. But that for me is selfish. That's yeah. selfish. Yep. You gotta let it go. You gotta let this go. Yeah. It's may or may not happen again, but 99% probably won't happen again if you let your dog off the lead. As long <laughs> you know? as, as long so as you hold on to it, it's always going to occur for the animal. Always, you know? and it could actually be reinforced to happen again. Right. That's thing it could reoccur because of it because i also feel that the dog feels the leash he feels when the energy the way mm. even the the owner holds the lead oh yeah the way they pull the the voice the vocal cords i know we're, we're almost times up but i wanted to say something really important i i tested something um when i talk to people and I, I go with robbie for a walk and everything and i i meet um people with bigger dogs or uh, anxious humans and dogs or whatever you know yep. and and what i do is uh, i start talking to these people uh, and the dog might be barking or jumping up and is nervous and they go oh yeah my dog's not very social what i do is i look at the owner and i talk to them the moment i talk the dog settles the mm. moment the owner settles with his voice and i talk and i settle and our voices connect and it's on an even keel the dog settles mm. amazing isn't it voice yeah, it is amazing and it's almost like that aspect of now the human is being social so then the dog accepts oh okay we're going to be social here <laughs> exactly oh god we've got to write a book honestly there's so many things to talk about honestly it's cool and I'm, I'm absolutely just loving this conversation so before we we go i just want to ask you a couple more things just in terms of what are your plans for the future with doga you know where do you want to take this what's your big vision oh there's only one big vision for yeah. me and that is to open my own studio doga the first studio in the world doga studio doga class yeah definitely i need to leave a legacy behind a studio for humans and dogs yes now where and obviously where, where is, is it going to be yeah. obviously ideally in los angeles that would be my biggest dream to where my vision was to open that studio because okay. i love uh, the scenery i love uh, the weather in los angeles it's warm uh, i know it's a difficult place people are a little crazy like me that's why i like it um but um 
oh, there's the beach. There's London would be great, but London has a lot of um, how can I say resistance in their own. The British culture is quite reserved. You know, we have a lot of issues in our British culture that are unfinished, unresolved things. Uh, you know, I believe in lineage and and ancestors and all this st- stuff. So the British thing is they are very, there's a very spiritual place here. It can be very spiritual, but it can very be controls and, and everything kind of, oh, you can't, you can't get overexcited, darling. So the spirituality can be quite oppressed. Whereas Los Angeles for me is just a it's just a free for all platform you can just go whoosh you know what i mean (laughs) it's the final frontier it is where all the ideas have been created in the west you know it's so i always resonated with with los angeles very much very much my heart's there very cool so yeah i'm looking forward to seeing the, the the first doga studio in la yes yes and training program definitely I don't know where the money is going to come from, inshallah, if God willing, but um, I would love to train up so many teachers in this method. Uh, Even though it doesn't look like a training, it just looks like a big mess. (laughs) A mess. It is actually, it's a controlled mess. And the thing is, you do need to be a qualified, certified yoga teacher, and you need to have years of experience in teaching because it needs confidence to be able to, not years of experience, I would say it needs a confident human yoga teacher to be able to, uh, you know, conduct an open form, unleashed invitation (laughs) yoga class with animals. You need to be, uh, you need to understand what's going on. Yeah. And I guess that's something that can be um, somewhat uh, schooled or mentored into that space, right? Because everybody has that in them. It's just, you know, the mentoring would be the key aspect there to to kind of grow that confidence, to be able Mm. to handle that space, which would be- absolutely incredible you know so you do want to train other instructors to be able to lead this as well which means i need to travel because a lot (laughs) of people ask me a lot i have a lot of requests over the years from teachers that want me to teach them online and i just go i can't see that happening because I would need to know you first. I need to see you in a class. I need to feel you. And then I can mentor you, but it needs to have that face-to-face training as well. That just cannot just go over Zoom. I'm sorry, Zoom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's just certain things that don't. However, I have to tell you something. An online one-to-one yoga session kind of works because you're just focusing on one person on Zoom. Yeah. And it's quite intimate. So you can achieve things. A group Zoom class, whoa, it's that's crazy. That's just, you know, if people Zoom in and they switch off, they had enough, the dog switches off. Yeah. <laughs> then the cat jumps on the laptop, the children are screaming, there's the husband who wants to watch television. And they're all, you know, it's madness, a Zoom yoga class. But, you know, during the pandemic, that's all we had. Yeah, that's all you had. Do what you got to do sometimes, yeah. but now things are, you know, hopefully opening up, and um, you know you'll be able to get into some more live sessions. So if somebody wants to join your session, if they're, um, I guess it would do it, those, these would be available to people in London. How does that all work? Do they go on to your website and book? I mean, they just go on to the www.dogayoga.fit. Uh, so my website, you can Google Doga, and I come up. 
Uh, I was on Britain's Got Talent, so we have enough uh, Google Google analysis and Analytica is still good with us. Um, so, um, so what they can do is, uh, if they're obviously not in London, they can uh, do an online class with me. They can also contact me if they wanted to try it at home and, and do a one-to-one, something like that, maybe work on more personal stuff like we have explained in the interview, I explained. And then, of course, in London, I'm starting up with group classes again. And funnily enough, there's new businesses out there. These are new business uh, enterprises. There's more uh, businesses that are now, okay, say a dog groomer slash doggy cafe or mm. doggy cafe slash dog training center people are they're bringing both together so these are sort of oh yeah and the new one is uh, dog friendly pharmacies for humans so they have like a downstairs yoga studio oh. so they want me to just to run weekly yoga classes if it's popular so I think people, businesses have realized if, if they make their premise dog friendly or, or if it's about dogs, it'll work. It'll make money. <laughs> yeah. So I think Doga will have a lot more uh, spaces to go. Absolutely. The, I mean, that makes a, hope, that, that makes yeah. heaps of sense to be able to. I mean, just I'm just thinking of different, um, you know, classes that you could teach at, you know, be behavioral uh, sorry, the animal behaviorist classes or, you know, puppy kindergartens and things like that, you know, yeah, puppy can, you know, get that space and, and have the quiet. The one thing we need for dog is quiet. It needs to be really, really subtly quiet. And this is why a park doesn't work for yoga. Uh, obviously I'm now hoping that we are not going to close down again <laughs> yeah. for the next three months. And I'm hoping to sort of start running again, my classes here and there. I also have International Doga Day on June 21st, um, which will nice. be an event uh, to honor the dogs of the Yulin uh, Dog Meat Festival to raise awareness of Yulin that is taking place on June 21st in China. So uh, we always raise awareness and money for dogs in need on that day. So that's my my little goal for now. And then the big plan is that um, a great investor will come along or a dog-friendly investor who says, yeah, let's do LA. Um, you know, to, to open that vision and to open the real studio. Absolutely. I mean, definitely so many benefits from both the dog and the owner. And like you said, just the, the really key point is to really build that bond between, you know, the owner and, and, and the dog. It's just incredible. So I love what you're doing. I love your work. Um, excellent conversation. I really appreciate yes. you taking the time. I know it's late, actually. I didn't even I completely forgot. It's, okay. it's pretty late, but um, I could yeah. talk forever when it's yoga. And if I find someone who thinks like me and similar on that energetic level, I could, you know, it's so great to connect because it affirms what the stuff that we're doing, what we're doing is real. We have a mission, it's for the greater good, you know, and that's why I keep going because I know it, it's helping. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, keep us posted and uh, and let us know if, you know, that uh, that second one comes around at some point and, you know, we'll, um, oh, we'll, yes! we'll, we'll give Robbie as much support as we can along the way. Oh, yes, of course. Definitely. Thank <laughs> you so much. All right. Thank you, Monty. All right, everybody. Well, that concludes the podcast. Thank you for joining and we'll catch up next time. <laughs>